it's Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. I'm excited today to speak to Sasha, someone who I haven't seen for a while, but was a regular on my screens, on the Zoom calls for quite a long time. And I love checking in. And it's so funny, just like as we were saying hello, she said something really, really interesting Um, because I was like, well, so what's happened now? Like, what are you doing now? Where are things at? How are you? And Sasha said, well, isn't it funny? Like, you know, when you get into the practice of stepping outside your comfort zone and you just keep doing the things and stuff keeps evolving, which is really (laughs) one of the core themes of of what I teach, which can also be deeply uncomfortable, let's be honest. Um, But let's say hello to Sasha and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lisa. Lovely to be here. Um, And I think it's always good when we have these conversations because I just want to dive into all of the exciting things that you're, you're doing now. But I think it's great to go back to where you were at, um, where you were feeling stuck in your life, what made you say yes to to Ready for Change? Because your stories, you have really just, there has been so much transformation in, in your life. Um, but tell me, it's almost like I need to remember where Sasha was at <laughs> when she first joined Ready for Change. Can you remember that person? Um, I can remember that person. Um, I was really overwhelmed. I was really depleted. I was really unhappy and I was a victim of my circumstances. So was, what were what were those circumstances? Um, what did life look like? Life looked like, so I think that was the first round of Ready for Change in 2019. So at that point, um, We'd been living where we currently are for a couple of years and we'd moved around quite a bit up until that point. Mm. And um, so I'll take you back a little bit. When my firstborn was six months old, we moved to live in the Middle East in Dubai for a couple of years and um, the global financial crisis occurred and then lots of people lost their jobs so we headed back home um, and it was an awesome experience loved Dubai loved um, the friendships um, and learning a new culture um, but it was also a hard place to be for a first-time mum and we also had two miscarriages while we were living there away from family and things like that so that was in amongst all the beautiful things and the experiences, there were some really hard times as well. Um, And then we moved back to Australia and we ended up in Sydney where we had our second uh, baby um, and then moved again about 18 months later. 
back to Brisbane where we lasted about another 18 months and then landed where we are now in like a regional area of Australia. So I was very much used to living in cities, living overseas, um, living a very independent life within our family unit, corporate, city, holidays and that sort of thing. And so then when we moved here, um, it was a regional area, um, small town, um, quite hard to meet new people. And I had started over so many times that I was just kind of over it. And it wasn't really a place I pictured myself being. Um, and we arrived here and I was seven weeks pregnant with our third. So I was just kind of done, really. <laughs> yep. Uh, mama is done with this. Cannot make any more effort. Cannot establish ourselves again. This feels really hard. Yeah. What What am I doing here? Yeah, exactly. And um, the big change was we moved from sort of doing corporate things to then being involved in um a family business and so that was a very big change for us going from having weekends and weeknights and holidays to you know my husband working huge hours and just us not really seeing him and I struggled with that my children struggled with that and trying to navigate our new normal um you know and the balance between family and business and feeling almost like we now came second as opposed to as opposed to a you know first priority so it was really interesting times to um, navigate in our family and knowing that it needed to work like what we decided to do needed to work and so I was at a point of something needs to change Mm. and it needs to change with me Mm. yeah I remember long before I joined ready for change I was listening to your podcasts and something you said to me was you well not to me but on your podcast I said it exactly to you you, Sasha I recorded that for you no (laughs) because Lisa that's how you (laughs) that's how you talk it resonates and you feel like that you're speaking to the person at the other end um, but I remember you saying that you may not always enjoy or really want to be in the place that you're at or living, but resisting being where you are is just going to really make things so much harder for yourself. So what can you do to accept where you are right at this point in your life? So for me, that was like, you know, just those little little tweaks to your mindset. Mm. So I was in a whole state of hurt really before ready, ready for change and I just wasn't um, the mum, the wife, the woman, the friend that I wanted to be, knew I could be or envisioned myself to be. Mm. And so I started looking outside of um I guess the usual places and because none of those sort of things were working yeah and um it was through actually being in small steps with you and I joined not for the food or anything because I felt like I had that but it was more of all those other things that you started to offer and it was 
small steps back to you that kind of then started and then I ended up in Ready for Change and, yeah, so much has changed since then. I love, um, isn't it amazing how you can just hear something and it can land in a moment and it can ta- and can change the entire trajectory of things and it's funny that you bring that up the resistance and the if you don't like where you are like I I literally as I just shared with you half an hour ago got off a call with the live the change crew the coaching calls fortnightly coaching calls that we do and we were talking about this exact thing. It's an ongoing thing where we want something to be a different way, but just if we could just actually accept that it is what it is, that's where our power lies. We lose our power when we're constantly ruminating about what we'd prefer it to look like, hating the fact that it's this and not this, and I used to have this, and now I don't have that, like, that's cool. Think about that all you want, but you will never feel powerful as long as you're doing that because every decision you can make, every um, thought that you think is happening in the present moment. So bring yourself back there. This is what we're dealing with. This is where you are. So what are we going to do from there? And I literally, yeah, it's a constant practice because I think so many of us can get into that victim-y kind of talk like this is all happening to me. It's not what I want. Uh, and for me, it still happens. I'm, I still, you know, uh, it will be in September, it will be three years since Nick died and I can still absolutely be like, this is not what I wanted like, what do you mean I'm doing this? How I don't want to make decisions for high schools by myself. I don't want to do all of that stuff. Why am I the only one deciding if she needs braces? Like, but it doesn't, it, I can have it. I can have the moment, but then I need to come back to what is. And yeah. all of our power lies in the what is. So, okay. So you were like, you were just, I mean, FTS, fuck this shit. Um, I don't want to be doing this. And you also, can we also just recognize that that stage of mothering is depleting and tough in and of itself, let alone moving every 18 months, moving away from a life that you probably quite liked and felt like you thrived amongst to something really, really different. Like that is, that is a lot. So can we also just acknowledge it's okay to feel really gross, really like it's all tough in those moments, but tell me about what happened then. What, like how RFC was a bit of a a turning point for you. What did you realize doing that program or what were some of your little light bulb moments? Um, One of my biggest takeaways was in the values training exercise that you do quite um, early on. And I remember there's so much just in that little part of RFC, but it was talking about integrity. And I'm sitting there going, yep, I'm an integral woman. You know, I live with integrity. And then it was... Then you began talking about self-integrity and then I'm like, wow, 
okay, self-integrity and what all that entails. And then I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is why I'm so miserable because I would do all the things I would say for everybody else. I would, um, you know, commit to everybody and do all the things, but I was lacking commitment and action towards the things that I wanted for myself in my life. And if you're operating from a place like that all of the time, of course your life isn't how you thought it was going to be because you're operating for everybody else and not yourself. That's been a game changer for me. It's my number one value. It still is because I, you know, one of those things that you learn is that it's not a once and done. No. You can keep re-evaluating and changing what your values were in your 20s aren't the same as your 30s, aren't the same as your 40s and, you know, on and on and on. And the different stages of your life, you know. Yeah. What my values were prior to a mum and what they are now and now that my children are growing up and going through their different seasons of childhood, you know, my values change for what I want for them as well mm-hmm. and that whole letting go. So um, self-integrity was a really big um, I, I love. Isn't it funny because it, once you sort of learn it, it seems so obvious. Yes. But, and the way that I often um, talk about it is, uh, you know, can you keep a promise to yourself? Mm-hmm. And, you know, for people who haven't done RFC, that might make more sense to them um, if they haven't kind of heard that term self-integrity. But we can be so integral to the people around us. If someone's... if. I mean, I am always on time for other people. Like I hate running late and yet, you know, I might just say to myself, well, today we'll go for a walk and I'll find all the excuses in the world. Let, I'm going to do that at one o'clock. Oh, no, I'll do it at one thirty. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Now it's almost school pickup and I still haven't finished writing that email. I've just got to do that. How if you are living your life breaking promises to yourself and out of integrity with yourself, you can never believe yourself. You can never believe that you're going to do the things that you say you're going to do. You will just keep on prioritizing everyone else or all of the things around you instead of just just keeping a promise to yourself. And you have to start small. Did you find that? Like I remember when I was learning about that, I thought, okay, I'm just going to experiment with this because I felt like when I first heard that term, I was very out of integrity with myself, crossing my own boundaries all the time, saying that I was done with something and then doing it again or allowing certain things or saying that this is going to be the year of the this and then just things falling off the radar com- completely or just not. I, and then and then you get to the point where you, you actually don't think you're capable of much because you've never proved to yourself that you can say you're going to do something and then follow through. So I just started really, really small. Yes, and I feel, and I think that's the only way you can start because if you start big, it's, you're going to crash and burn, let's face it. Let's face it. Um, and where I was at the time, I could only manage small. Yeah. And I think when you have operated in a way for such a long time, like years and years and years, and I'm talking even before being a mum, and um, it takes time to change 
those habits Mm -hmm. and those thoughts and rewiring your brain. And so for me, it was just the smallest, smallest things. And I remember learning about self-integrity and I still to this, I remember sitting there going, I just felt like it right in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I still think, oh, my goodness, like so grateful that I learned that. But, you know, where would we all be if we operated from that place from, you know, much earlier in our we get we get so into self-doubt also. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, you know, there's so many reasons why we almost, well, we step out of our own power. We believe that there's a right way to do things. We, you know, take on societal expectations instead of kind of tuning in and just thinking, hang on, what do I actually need right now in this? What is my truth in this moment? And because, well, oh, no, I mean, I couldn't. I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed. I'm just, you know, which we can be all of those things, but we can also have a level of dissatisfaction or we can be allowing certain things in our lives that aren't actually cool. But because, you know, if we're constantly operating on this questioning, questioning, questioning ourselves and what is true for us, then we never actually fully step into being the person that we are. And I think the self-integrity piece is a really beautiful muscle to start to um, uh, build because if we can promise ourselves that we can go for that walk or we can not put the black forest chocolate into the supermarket trolley, just something like that, just one thing per week, then we can start to believe ourselves on the bigger stuff. We can start to believe like I can have that hard conversation. I'm going to I'm going to say that I'm going to bring this up and I'm going to say this and then we start to just step into more and more of who we are. Which is a beautiful thing. Um so was it was there any other light bulby things from RFC? Um there were so many really. <laughs> <laughs> um but another really big one for me was boundaries and my complete lack of (laughs) boundaries and wondering why once again life was just not how I wanted it to be and when you (laughs) operate from a place of very little to almost no boundaries um massive people pleaser people pleasing is a thing yes you know, it's it absolutely is a thing. So how did that actually change? Like what so what give me an example of a boundary you put in place or like what when you heard that, when you realized, oh okay, yep, all right, I'm doing things for other people all the time 24-7. And I have no boundaries for Sasha. What did that what's what did that precipitate then? So once again, it really what were small things. It could have been even like that whole thing because we're so so on in society and we're so on in life and feeling like you needed to respond to that person in that moment and maybe in that message like your text or an email you're not quite sure how you should respond to it and I have a rule now I give myself at least 24 hours Mm. and because it's amazing the space, what space can give you 
in how you might respond to something. Um, and I just, and it's also just saying no to things with boundaries. I just would, it was always a yes or answering to somebody straight away with a request or can we catch up or can can we do this or can you just pick this up or um, just really checking in with myself and boundaries around my energy. Oh. It was a massive, massive thing for me. Um, I check in with my energy all of the time, mm. like all the time, whether it's um, you get an invitation, how do I feel about that? Is that somewhere that I want to spend my time? Mm. Is that going to add value to my life or am I saying yes out of feeling the need to attend something? because that's what you do. Um, Gosh, such a good, I mean, and literally just pausing, just pausing and asking yourself a question about it instead of immediate. So good. I mean, I love your 24-hour rule. That is, that's game-changing. Yeah. In so many different things, not just a text. Yeah, just 24 hours. Just give yourself the space. Um. Because tw- 24 hours is an amazing thing. Um, and you know what? If you, if you accidentally forget to reply, you accidentally forget to reply. It's no big deal. And that's the sort of thing, like the overthinking, the overworry and what's someone going to think and the judgment. And, I mean, there's so much wrapped up in the beautiful package that is ready for change, Lisa. Like there's just so, so much gold in there. Um, but yeah, boundaries and the values and, um, integrity and my energy and responsibility being a hundred, hundred percent responsibility is responsible for you. Yeah. And that you really, that's, you, you are the only person that you have control over. Mm-hmm. You don't even have control over your own children. They're on their own journey. They will do what they want to do. You can help guide them and um, suggest things. And obviously, as we go through different seasons of motherhood, I've got two in primary school still, but now I've got a teenager and that's a whole different ballgame. And it's really also taught me the whole concept around letting go and that even letting go doesn't mean that you don't love them Mm. as much. It's just part of the journey. It's part of adolescence. It's part of them becoming who they are as kids. And I think, I think for a lot of mums, it's a lot around control. And if we just do all the things and tell them all the things, then, you know, they're going to be okay, but we can't protect them forever. Mm. Damn it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? No, I totally, yeah. And I think that that is something that uh, we talk about a lot in in the RFC and LTC communities is like, you know, how do you love without control? 
without trying to fix, without with your own personal boundaries around what that means, you know, and they are always such interesting conversations because we find it challenging. We naturally find those things challenging. Um, So much about us just wants to um, manage our own anxieties by controlling others and it just does not work that way. So tell me then all of this stuff, what has happened for Sasha since? Uh, Since Ready for Change, I think um, it's just encouraged me to invest in me, to invest in myself, whether that be in a course, in time for me, um, tapping back into who who I was um, before I was a mum and how I've changed since becoming a mum and now um, what is it that I want for myself, for my children, for my husband and how can we achieve all of that? How can we all feel good and live and thrive in life? You know, there's always ups and downs and bumps in the road, but how can we um, build this vision that we want for ourselves? And so there's lots of being, there's lots of no's, you know. I say if it's not a um, hell yes, it's a hell no. Well, my husband would say another word in front of the note. But, um, <laughs> might start with F. I yeah. might use it too. Yep. yep. You know, um, <laughs> having some really hard conversations has really shifted and changed things for us in all all different relationships in our life. Mm. Um, I was just so fearful um, of what might happen or how I would be seen and honestly, I wish I just had the conversations a lot earlier. Mm, yeah. What Ready for Change did for me was I was saying the same things, for example, to my husband over and over again. We've got quite a good relationship. We've got really good communication. But there was a period of time where we just couldn't get things to work the way we wanted them to in all different aspects of our life and we were both really struggling with that and what ready for change did it was it literally gave me the language Mm. of how to help it land I felt like I was almost saying the same thing but it was landing in a different way yeah so it's helped um just in my communication, in my relationship with my marriage. It's helped in my communication with family and friends and even in the way like your word is your wand, the words you use in your life and the words you use with your children um, have a massive impact. Being really mindful of what you speak but also that mind chatter in your brain because 
you know, you might not say it out loud, but if you're thinking it, you may as well be yeah. saying it. I think sometimes I love that you're sharing all of this and I'd like you also to say just even in terms of what this has meant for you in terms of the work you're doing and all of that sort of stuff as well now. But um, uh, I think a lot of women and I I get asked this a lot, we get asked in the inbox whenever we launch Ready for Change, um, things aren't great with my husband but I don't want to leave him like they get worried that if they grow or if they work on themselves or that maybe if they start to feel good that it will be the end of their relationship and i would just so like i mean i must say there's been some people and i don't know if it was even in the t- your time in ltc where people were like you know this really doesn't work anymore and i've tried all the things so i'm going to make my best next best choice which is to you know, move out of this relationship. But like 99% of people who do this find it extraordinarily helpful for their marriages or partnerships um, because they, you know, they the, that whole thing about it just takes one person yes. to change, to change a relationship. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what sort of happened with with you and your husband? How how has the shifts that you've made in yourself impacted your your marriage? Um, I think it's just we just really realised that um, we we're very much on the same page. Always have been in what we want in life, what we want for the kids and things. Um, but it was all around just finding my voice. And not only have I found my voice, but so has he. And watching his growth alongside my growth has just been a really beautiful thing to witness. Um, And I, we're just like so open to so many different um, things in life now and um, accepting where we're at and accepting what our beliefs are and that you know, it doesn't matter what everybody else wants to do or whatever everybody else thinks is the right path or the right decision to make in certain areas. You know, we're we're very sure now of what we want and how we're going to get there. So good. And so many times, like, having the language is the thing that holds us back or we get caught in certain patterns of relating and sometimes we just need to (laughs) we need a little shake up to the patterns and which is normal it's a totally normal thing but when it sort of stops moving people forward or resentment creeps in or confusion kicks in it's so good to have new words so so what about the work that you're doing now and the path that that you've gone down with that yeah, so um, probably a number of years before I started re- Ready for Change, I had an idea of wanting to be a life coach. But at that point, I was like, you know, thoughts. What have <laughs> I got to offer? Those sorts. Story, 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 stories. And then um, it just, I just got a lot of clarity around what I, what it was that I wanted to do. I'd done lots of different things in the past. I'd started off. Um, thinking I wanted to do interior design and things like that. And then I just, you know, reading one of the books um, 
the giant leap or big leap. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the big leap. And I was just like, oh, wow. I worked out that I wanted to do life coaching all around, you know, what is your zone of genius? So since Ready for Change, I, in 2020, I enrolled in Beautiful You Life Coaching Academy and I did that. And then towards the end of those studies, um, you know, I sort of lodged myself on Instagram and I also enrolled myself in um, Mama Rising, which is Amy Talikabaz's program, because I knew my field of what I wanted to life coach in was with mums. I'm really passionate on, you know, mums' well-being and, you know, having that life that we all really deserve. So I went on and I studied um, Mama Rising and I've just been working with women um, one-to-one coaching but I'm also sort of developing a program to encourage that you know, we've lost our community and our village and our sense of belonging. Like there are a lot of women I've discovered who they might even be surrounded by people, but they still feel lonely. Mm. Um, or, you know, mums like me who have moved around a lot and it ha- it is quite hard the more moves you do to sort of um, to break in and create new friendship groups. But I've also discovered through, you know, it's and it's constantly a work in progress, what I do. And that's what I, you know, I coach the women that I work with now. It's um, it's just one small thing. And my main focus um, for women is um, really, I have a really strong passion around foundations in the importance of values and boundaries. Surprise, surprise. Um, and then sprinkles of the wisdoms of matrescence shared through my coaching with those women because um, there's so much that's not spoken about that we go through in motherhood and matrescence really shines a really big light on understanding yourself, um, so much more compassion for you, um, compassion for other women and other mothers, um, understanding your own mum and your relationship with your own mum. And I just really want to empower mums to reconnect to their true self and to really guide them to achieve their personal goals, no matter what that is, because I just really believe that, you know, your vision for your life is could be very different to mine and that's okay, but we all deserve to live a life that we thrive in and not just survive in. Hundred percent. No. Are oh, those lucky women to be working with you? Um, because I actually see you. You know that whole self integrity thing. Oh, you always, sh- you always showed up in in the programs. I actually saw see you as a person with a lot of in- integrity. Like you wouldn't offer something you couldn't absolutely deliver on, and you would show up for those those women and the work that you're doing. 150%. So we'll make sure that there's links for everyone to go and um, and follow you. Because I think you also, I remember talking to you about this in LTC, that there's, there's unique things about your story. And, you know, we can sort of feel like a lot of people who go into the life coaching thing or, or, or entertain the idea, have that same thought of, but what, I mean, I don't know enough, like they should just 
read Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart. Come on, just go do, <laughs> go, you know, um, and and surely they'll, they'll sort it all out. But I think that what separates everyone and what gives um, people who are seeking a guide for that particular stage of their life or a mentor or a coach is like, do you get me? I don't, I want to feel like you get me. And you, you needed to bring that story of expat living, moving around all the time, the people pleasing, the lack of boundaries into like your, your story so that people could connect with and go, oh my gosh, she's exactly my person. And when you feel that, isn't it a beautiful thing when you feel that and you go, that's my next step. So the more the more sashes who get over all of the stories that are holding them back from serving in a, a, a really powerful way, the better. And it's not about being the right person for everyone. It's about being the right person for the people who need you. And, and I think too, you can read, like you can read a book or you can um you know, listen to a, a podcast, listen to a podcast, you can d- download a PDF. But how often do we give ourselves the space mm. one hour a fortnight to focus on yourself? Yeah. And, you know, and we all have the answers within us. You know, yep. coaching is just purely there to ask the questions that you know, the answers to you just may not have been given the opportunity or the space to really dig deep and reflect on, oh, I actually do know, you know, and mm. tapping into you, tapping into your intuition because we're so bombarded by so much information that we doubt ourselves. Oh. We doubt our inner knowing you know, turn off all the noise and reconnect back into ourselves. And you've got all your answers. You just need to give yourself the space and invest in the time to give yourself that because everybody deserves that. Yeah, I do love what you said before about how, um, you know, something that RFC helped you with too was investing in yourself, like permission to do that. And it's honestly like I would say when we're when we're launching, there's all sorts of reasons that people tell themselves in their head that they can't do it, but they verbalize often, you know, they'll respond to an email or a post on Facebook and just say, I just, I can't, you know, I feel too guilty investing in myself or, um, you know, how could I do this? My family needs to get blah, blah, or the kids, I need to get them signed up for blah, 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 or, you know, whatever it is. And and I also get competing demands of a family budget for sure. But there's this kind of blanket, me investing in myself is a selfish thing to do vibe. And it's, you know, I've spoken about it a few times um, in these stories of change, because it's something that the people who have joined have obviously gone, oh, no, hang on, no, I'm worth this. I just, I, I know I need this and I'm just going to make it work, whether that's via a payment plan or even just 
having a, a conversation that feels hard in the moment with their partner and just like, hey, I'm going to be investing in this. Um, and because it it feels right, it's like the, a step towards recognizing an inherent worthiness that I think we can lose a little bit, especially once we become a mum and our life starts to feel like it's for everybody else and not ourselves. It's like a beautiful little pattern interrupt, a reminder that, no, we get to, like, this is self-care. This is your growth, which actually is really also good for everybody around you. Oh, 100%. And I think at the time you don't actually realise that. Mm. You you think because you really do, it's, oh, but this is for me and this is only for me. But what you don't realise when you invest in yourself the positive flow-on effects yes. for everybody around you. I bet you see that with your clients, like that they are showing up differently for all of their people. Yeah, and I and I love when you reflect back and you, you know, you ask for some feedback on how your time has gone. And and you would see the same thing. The takeaways that they take away into their everyday that for you might be like something that you just do every day, but you've just, you know, off the cuff shared it. But it's made a profound impact in a positive way in their lives. Yep. And and isn't it all about just showing up and communicating and just sharing? I mean, just before I was on a call with Mel from my team and she said, oh, you know what we tried? And, you know, Sundays is our tidying up day and she's got two sons. And I just... I decided to do it like the way that you said it, you know, how you were saying how you guys do an hour of power. Mm. So I said, all right, we're putting on some music and we're doing an hour of power. Well, Lisa, the house was spotless in an hour. Everyone had fun. We were working like a team. I was like, oh, so should I, should I share that? Should more people know? I didn't know. I don't know. know, The ways that you're doing things, it just might spark something in someone else. And um, that's why I get so passionate about women being visible and sharing, even if they think it just might be the smallest thing. There's so many of us out there. I mean, I love it from my mentors and the people who I am looking at and watching and learning from. Like, And we just never know when we are that to someone else. And that might be a neighbor that might be a uh, mum at the school gates. That might be our siblings, our children, anyone. So anytime we can just show up as the light, we have this positive ripple effect in the world. And I'm glad that that's who you're being these days, that yeah. you took your boundaries, you, I mean, you created boundaries, you took back your power, you learned how to say no, you are conscious of your energy and when it's feeling depleted and what might drain it. You are living with 100% responsibility for the life that you're living. And so you're making choices that serve you. And the beautiful thing is like, what a cool outcome also that those choices are allowing you to do that for other women. Like, it's just, I bloody love these stories of change. I love that, you know, but yeah. And I would say also, you get back what you put in. And oh, as, a, 
And as a student or, you know, as a member of a group, you were really active. You would ask questions. You were showing up for it. You got, you got something because you were, you were showing up. Like, I think that there's some people who think, oh, I'll just invest or, oh, I need a life coach. I'll just get a life coach. doesn't mean you just like the job is done in that moment. (laughs) And like, if that was the case, awesome. Same thing with like, I follow really positive people on Instagram. And so my life is going to be positive. No, you have to show up and meet that. So the universe knows like I'm here for this. And then you start to attract back all all the good things. So I wanted to thank you because you did amazing sharing, amazing growth and transformation, and other people were witnessing that and were being impacted by you too. So thanks for showing up all that time. Well, thank you for um, developing the program. And another thing that you don't expect when you join something like that is witnessing the transformation of the other women mm. and what I have now seen the women I sort of went through with, um, what they're now doing and um, and I guess the friendship that you strike up. Mm. I've not met a lot of them in person um, but we also support each other in, in our businesses, you yeah. know, online and it's just such a beautiful thing. So thank you, Lisa. Thank you for your authenticity and your warmth and your guidance that you provide for so many women that reignites that flickering there that's in their body into a beautiful, bright flame that allows them to go out and know that they're worthy of everything that they want in their life. So thank you because you do amazing things. That's just about to make me cry. So thank you for saying that. Um it's just, it's my pleasure. And isn't it nice when you, yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm the luckiest. I'm the lucky one to be able to meet people like you and work with you and also know that um, I have this beautiful thing. I'm like, my work here is done uh, because I'm not the person who's going to be like, you know, I think it's a lovely thing when someone comes into your vortex and um and that there's there's growth and then you know my business is not about being the person for the person until the day that they die it's like hey i'm here for this part of your journey this is what's available join come in if it's if it calls to you um and and we'll have a really good time and then off you go go yeah. forth find your next person find and I think you know the the beautiful Amy Taylor Kabaz and her mummerizing stuff is so next level it and is amazing it's, and it's that needs to be in the work of amazing women oh yeah. right oh, amazing um thank you Sasha for sharing your story um your beautiful words and um you know, via this podcast episode, um, inspiring other women to know that it can be, it can be different. Uh, they can feel differently and, um, that can happen step-by-step and in big light bulb moments too. So I really appreciate you sharing your story and I'm so happy for you. Um, you look, you look thrivey and, um, and fulfilled. So it's really nice. 
Thanks, Lisa. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, if you want to learn exactly how to start moving through the stories that are keeping you stuck and you want to delve into these self-defeating thinking patterns that so many of us have, then I've got a free workshop that you can go and watch right now. In it, I I highlight some of the main stories that I see women telling themselves that often lead women into a spiral of self-sabotage. You also learn how to let yourself off the hook a little bit more because when you understand how your brain is actually working to create this, then you feel a lot breezier about your life. Trust me. In this workshop, you'll also start moving towards the things that you want by the end. I absolutely promise you'll have a new perspective on your next step forward. And that can be in any area of your life where you feel stuck. I can't wait for you to go and check it out. It's totally free. The link is in the show notes. Enjoy. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference and it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode. 